Marion Dalton, and I'm here with a good friend, Fontes Hill, and uh, so excited to be with my friend today. And, uh, you know, my hope is, is that everyone at Lissus has some form of life transformation to get more clarity, to grow more, and to have more vitality in your life. Because Jesus said, Satan came to steal, kill, destroy, but I have come to give life and to give life more abundantly. Mm -hmm. And as Fontes is just a, an amazing young man, uh, he's actually a member of our church. He and Lindsay, his beautiful wife, they're expecting their first child. And uh, I'll let him tell more by himself, but he works at <laughs> Campbellsville University and um, he works with students. He's a resident director in Campbellsville and, on, and campus coordinator for outreach, church outreach. He's just a very, very active young man and he's also on one of my teams where I have opportunity to coach weekly mm -hmm. and we're growing together because mm -hmm. it's not about I don't grow unless I'm with people that want to grow and one of the reasons I wanted to have you on here Fontes is not only do you have a, a unique perspective but you have a certain maturity in your life being uh, you know, from your background, we'll talk about and through sports and through, you know, multiracial marriage and, and what you're dealing with. And now you're leading students in campuses. Mm -hmm. And I'm so impressed with your hunger to learn. You're like me. Sometimes we say stupid stuff or we miss it, mm -hmm. but we do hit it enough where God still uses us. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I love that the favor of God's on your life. And I believe he has you and Lindsay uh mm -hmm in this place for such a time as this. So why don't you give them a few minutes of your background and we'll get, we'll get going. Man, I'm glad to be here for real. Um, so as Pastor Dalton was saying, you know, I'm from Western Kentucky, but I'm originally from Springfield, Illinois. I was born in Mayfield, Kentucky, but I'm from Springfield, Illinois. And my other half of my family is from East St. Louis, Illinois. And I got to Western Kentucky, which is Ballard County, Kentucky, by adoption. So I grew up in a foster home um, after my mom and dad, my mom went to jail for something. I don't know what she did, but she went to jail and my dad couldn't take care of me, my brother, and three other sisters. And so whenever I got adopted, um, I, well, actually I went to a foster home first when I was four years old. And then whenever I was seven years old, my aunt on my dad's side adopted my brother and I, and that's how we got to Ballard County, Kentucky. And so, um, you know, I grew up in a very rural, white area, but I'm originally from predominantly. Hey, we have that in common. I did too. <laughs> so you know, I see I see I it that. from all sides. You know, like mm -hmm. I know the hood, and I know the country. So right. you know, I've been around all all areas. And um, one one thing um, that's super unique is you know I've had a lot of um, I got a lot of stories. You know, that I've been through some things. One in particular. My college roommate was actually racist until he got to college, and his reason was was because he knew that he was going to be playing uh, football with other black people. So in middle school and high school, well, elementary, yeah, just growing up, he was racist, and he told me that. And then he said, well, I guess I'm just going to start liking them because I got to play with them now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that was that thing. So, like, you know, I do have personal stories and stuff. But yeah, that's just a little bit about my background was, you know, I was adopted by my aunt and um, got to Ballard County and then went to Camelsville to play football. I actually went to play football with my brother, Alex. And, um, you know, that didn't work out for him, but um, graduated from Camelsville University <clears throat> and was Mr. Camelsville. 
and got my master's from there too and now work there and that was a journey too just to get back mm-hmm. to Camelsville um, after I left moved to St. Louis and then moved to Evazoo, Indiana went back to Ballard and then came to uh, Camelsville now I'm at the Harrodsburg location which is an hour from Camelsville so I've moved probably five times in the last five years yeah. yeah. So how long ago did you marry your beautiful bride? Lindsay? So we've been married for about a year and a half. We got married January 5th, 2019. We met in college and we she flirted with she me. She liked Mr. Campbellsville. Yeah. Is she, that what you're saying? Yeah, she she she, <laughs> she actually yeah, she's she, gonna be hearing this, watch yourself. I I know, I know. All right, so <laughs> uh we we've we flirted in college, but we knew that it was good for us to stay friends. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we knew it was good for us to stay friends. And it was after college, and she'll if, if she was right here, she would tell the full detail. There's like a certain part that she can't leave out. I'll go ahead and spoil it. Uh, we were talking about going out on a date, and I didn't know that she was serious about going out on a date with me. And then next thing you know, I end up going out on a date with this other girl and end up uh, dating her. And then we break up, and then later on in life, Lindsay and I get together. So she always loves to tell that story. She's like, yeah, Fontez is supposed to go on a date. He never took me on one. But... <laughs> I ended up marrying her, yeah, so yeah. everything's good. She got the prize, right? Yeah, exactly. So um, I love her. I mean, we work well together. She's also a resident director, which I don't know if that's existing in any other campus where you have a married couple as both RDs. But mm-hmm. you know, we partner together, we work together, and I mean, and we're ex- you're expecting your yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, I'll expose this. So our daughter's name is Genesis Erolahio. Ooh, that's pretty. Yeah, yeah, we we love it. Genesis, obviously, because it's beginning, new origin, and we had a miscarriage uh, back in December, and then she got pregnant like two months later, and so it's just been a blessing. Uh, Man, that's a whole other thing. We can sit here for three hours and talk about the pain and mm-hmm. all that is of going through a miscarriage that most people don't realize. Right. So, you know, the thing that really impresses me with you, Fontes, is knowing you and being on calls weekly with you and just so impressed with Lindsay as well. But knowing you've been through some stuff. Mm-hmm. How old are you now? 25. I turned 26 in July 24. So you're you're 20, 25 going on 45 with all you've been through in your life and things have turned out well. And, you know, things don't turn out well just by happenstance. Right. It's decisions along the way. Mm-hmm. And how can we make the right decisions if we can't comprehend things correctly? Mm-hmm. And what I'm so impressed with you is all the things you've been through, but you still have a tender heart. You know, you're mm-hmm. not, you can easily be hardened. Exactly. You know, like you said, your brother's amazing. He was he's still dealing with some issues and Mm -hmm. you pray for him and believe for him and we are too uh but he's like so many Mm -hmm. and that's what breaks my heart as a pastor you know we pastor multi-generational multicultural church here church like the gentiles that you're part of and so i get to see it from a lot of different perspectives so whenever i see a lot of the things going on in our nation now like many it breaks my heart Mm -hmm. and and as we've talked about before um and it's a trying, difficult time in our nation, but I think it's also a good time in a sense of not the pain and suffering, but in a sense of it's like God has just ripped a Band-Aid off and says, let's take care of this wound. Right. Mm-hmm. And I believe he's raised young men like you up and mm-hmm. young women like Lindsay and others that really will take the torch way beyond my generation mm-hmm. to make an eternal difference. And I think God is teeing things up right now to like we had said before this in discussion is 
It's not just education. We're beyond education. Right. We need revelation and understanding mm-hmm. and empathy. Mm-hmm. We don't have to totally know everything, but we need empathy mm-hmm. so we can build trust and so we can honor one another. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the scripture that we use around here a lot in Mark's gospel is the, is uh, that Jesus said, the two commands I give you is love the Lord thy God with all your heart, mind, and soul. And the second one is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. Mm -hmm. So if I don't love my neighbor because of their ethnicity or any other reason, then what Jesus is saying, you really don't love yourself. And I think so many times, whether it's racism, uh, injustice, all these things, so many times it takes hurt people to hurt people. And that's no excuse. But I'm saying we're in a place now where I believe God wants to do a 360 mm-hmm. on this spirit of murder. I call mm-hmm. racism the spirit of murder because I believe it's murder's destinies and dreams and visions and lies. Mm-hmm. So from your perspective and the way you've come up, wh- wh- where do you think we are as a nation? What do you think God, you know, God's saying? So my thing is, and my hope is for what, for everybody, is that we could see past the riots, the looting, and all the pain, turmoil that's going on right now. And that's died down, um, Mm -hmm. you know, this last week. So my hope is that people can look past that and have compassion for those who are hurting. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, like, there is sin, uh, but you still look past the sin and look at the sinner and have hope for them. Yes. And so can we look past all the stuff that's going on because people want to point fingers, you know, want to point finger at, uh, look what uh, that person did, look what that cop did, look what that person did. And it's like, we know that there's chaos going on, but can you look past that and look at the root of the issue and then deal with it? And that's where I think the root of the issue to me is judgment versus grace. Mm. You know, scripture says, judge yourself, lest you be not judged. And that is what Jesus said. And I think when we so many times look at what's going on on the surface, the sin or the effect of it, we miss the root. Mm-hmm. And and in that root, you know, we live 75 to 80% out of our unconsciousness. Mm-hmm. So we live basically almost on automatic drive right. based on where we've been, our experiences and all of that. And then it comes to a manifestation. And I think... Why don't you talk about that root issue? And, and we look because it's easy to sit back and say, ah, oh, cars are being burned or this or that. But why? Yeah. And that's I, the key. Why? Right. And I wanted to say that because I've heard you say, hit on that a little bit on our edge calls. And, you know, I was saying this um, too, you know, weeks ago. So the thing is, is um, a lot of people are fighting between Black Lives Matter and All Lives Matter and all that. And the thing is, you know, me personally, like, yes, I will say, Hashtag Black Lives Matter, but I don't stand for the organization of it. Um, and if someone says all lives matter, then I'm for you too, because all lives do matter. And so like, if you don't get it, that's okay. That's completely fine, as long as you understand the intent of uh, what we're trying to do, uh, the movement, that there needs to be equality, that justice should be served, stuff like that. And so, you know, again, what we were talking about, like people well, are picking sides right really, now. And it's like, 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 here's the thing. Something that Fontes hit here. We hit it on our call. And this is something that is so critical. And I want everyone to get mm-hmm. this. Yeah. When someone says black lives matter, what they're saying is they're not say, they're not supporting the group black lives. Matter. Right. Now, that group does some good things yeah. and some not good right. things. So everybody doesn't want to put their name on a group or an organization. Mm-hmm. Right. 
what they want to do is put the emphasis on the house that's burning. Exactly. Right? If you've got a house smoking and a house in good shape, but there's one burning on the corner of the street, you need mm -hmm. to get to the house that's burning on the corner of the street. Mm -hmm. And right now, we, we have a house that's burning right. with black lives, but it's perilous times, which means dangerous opportunities. Yeah. And if we are wise and, and have love and compassion, mm -hmm. God will give us the opportunity Right. To, to make an eternal difference. Right. So specifically for the church, mm -hmm. we know that there's corruption in the church. We know that there's a lot of sin yeah. still going on within mm -hmm. Christians, yes. but we still defend Christianity. Right. So with the riots and looting and stuff, we know that there's corruption within Black Lives Matter, but we still can defend Black Lives Matter, but not justify those things. Mm -hmm. And so that's all what we're saying right here mm -hmm. is that like, can we see what the issues are and try to bring change to it? And so again, yes, at the root of it um, is ultimately um, hate. You know mm -hmm. that that murder spirit is uh, people don't see others as equal. And in First Peter, uh, I've used this verse. It talks about um, honor. First Peter two seventeen, I think. Um, look that up. It's somewhere in First Peter. Yeah. So it's uh, honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, and honor the king. And mm -hmm. the reality is, what we're trying to get at is black people are not as honors other in our nation and so what we're trying to do is get the honor level up there and you're hitting something yeah now i want you to get what fontes is saying you will you will never hear me if i don't honor you hmm. and honoring you doesn't mean that i say i'm right and you're wrong or you're right and i'm wrong honor means i'm going to do whatever it takes to understand where you're at where you're coming from hmm. who you are your identity, we know our identity is not a skin color. Right, it's incredible. Because, you know, science says that human beings are 99.5% the same. There's only 1.5% that's different in any black, white, Asian, anything. So it's, this is just a, a pigmentation. This is, we are one race, a human race, but you can preach that all day long. But if there's injustice, mm -hmm. if there's, if there's uh, misunderstanding, mm -hmm. whatever it is, that, that what does that do? That tears down the trust. And where there's no trust, that means there's no honor. Right. So I think you really hit on something like that. And un honor is also understanding. Exactly. Yeah. And I think I see, I, I just see a lot of, excuses mm -hmm. right now to mm -hmm. say well what about this what about this what about that and have you even tried to you know why and i don't why? want to like run over here it's a mindset yeah when we are in a mindset and we are comfortable mm -hmm. it's so easy to throw our things out right mm -hmm. one of mine we were talking about i used to say this and i didn't realize that this could be this is offensive to a lot of black people and i have a lot of great best friends and all that that are black and i want to get on them because they never told me right mm -hmm. but because probably they know me no i didn't mean that but i'd stand up even in the pulpit and say look i don't see color mm -hmm. i love everybody right well what i didn't realize is what does that say in other words i said i'm not putting honoring the people that have had a different upbringing, different situations they've dealt with in their life than me. Hmm. So, so I'm not bringing honor to that unconsciously. It's not a conscious thing. So you, you could say things that are prejudiced and not be prejudiced, 
right? So that's a, an important distinction. Mm -hmm. And I think when we have a safe place like you and I can talk and others can talk, and someone brought it up to me, said, you ever think about it like this? And I said, man, thank you. Mm -hmm. I wish somebody told me that sooner because right. it's never my intention to do that, right? Mm -hmm. But it's just little things like that. Our minds, that's my go-to. Well, I don't see color. I'm not a racist. Mm -hmm. Well, that's almost saying the opposite. I'm not honoring those who have went through difficult times from being a person of color. Mm -hmm. That yeah, yeah. And, and there's so many different things. I don't know the right word for it, but things now that are exposed that are helping yeah. in a positive way. Mm -hmm. And here, here's one, for instance. Um, as I told you, my family on my dad's side is from East St. Louis. My mom's side is from Springfield. And so, you know, a lot of people will label the hoods there like, oh, man, you, you, you got a tough way to get out there. And people might look at me and they would never know that because I grew up most of my life in Ballard County, Kentucky. So, again, I know... Uh, both sides of the country and uh, the, the hood side. And so one of the things that I've talked about with others before is talking white. And so when black people are eloquent, articulate, like stuff that. like talking that, white. I like it's, that. It's, yeah. it's, it's so, it's such a, people think it's a compliment, but it's not. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it tears down black people. Mm -hmm. And so what it says is, uh, oh, you don't sag. Oh, uh, you don't talk with a certain slang. Oh, you're not this, this, and that. And what you're really doing is you're saying all black people are this certain way. You know what they want to say? Unconsciously, what we're saying when we say that, you're like me. So and, and that's not key. cool. Yeah. If I'm looking to make any person like me, mm. that's an injustice to them. Mm -hmm. Now, if they want to be more like me, that's fine. But a demarcation, being like me or being like you, is not our our language and all of that hmm. and that's what we deal with as human beings and I think it's one of the big roots that we're dealing with mm -hmm. Montez, is, is like for instance I have a, a church not a mega church but a larger church so if I'm at a conference a mm -hmm. pastor's conference and I go in and there's a table of people that's got quite a few employees and they have you know uh, they have different issues that I may be dealing with with mm -hmm. hundreds of people but there's a table over here of of people that are pastors and they have churches of smaller churches with no real staff, mm -hmm. you know, they're, they're not dealing with a lot of the tax issues and stuff, financial issues and burdens. I'm doing. So I would probably gravitate unconsciously to a group that's like me because yeah. we want to solve like similar problems. This other group could say, well, they could be like, he's prejudiced. Who's he think he is? He's, he's arrogant. He's going over. He's too good to come to mm. us. So it's a dangerous mindset oh, yeah. when I evaluate who you are because of the similarities I see in you to me. Mm -hmm. I think yeah. you hit on something there. Yeah, for real. And um, that's one of the things, which there's many, that we're trying to progress from mm -hmm. when it comes to the equality, uh, the injustice, stuff like that, is that a lot of people who they just haven't understood that yet and that's why it's important to have these conversations exactly. and people to open up and say, listen, I, it starts with this, with, listen, I just want to figure out why you think the way you think. Um, for instance, I spoke with um, a Christian who is also a homosexual. And so, you know, I, I, you know, I'm a Christian. I just believe in the Bible. It talks about that. You know, that's a sin just as uh, lying is a sin, just as uh, mm -hmm. stealing is a sin. Murder, all this stuff, mm -hmm. you know, you got, they got different sins in the Bible. And so, adultery is a sin. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's one of those that's also clear. And so, I'm not going to say this is worse than that. It's just, you know, it's a sin. And so, I talked to my friend who um, is a Christian, believes that Jesus Christ 
died for us, rose, ascended, gave us the Holy Spirit, believes all that, even a spirit-filled um, believer. And at the root of the issue, after we had a conversation, was you know they just don't believe that the Bible is inspired by God. And so obviously we're going to look at things different if we don't believe that the Bible is actually the Holy Bible. I believe that the Bible is the Holy Bible, but they believe that some of the words, did he really mean that whenever he said homosexual? So that's what it was. But it starts with those conversations to figure out, okay, why do you think the way you think? Obviously it doesn't, you know, that didn't change anything for me because I believe that the Bible is the Bible. Um, and unfortunately for her, you know, she stayed in her mindset. But the way that we make progress is uh, whenever whites, blacks, Mexican, whoever, like if you have those indifferences, is to talk and say, listen, I want to understand from your perspective, uh, why do you think the way you think? Um, what do you think about this? So you this? can feel the empathy. Exactly. So you can see what, because... A big disservice is if I say, I, if you go into, a, if any of us go into a conversation that I've made my mind up on something and the whole time I'm talking to you is to convince you to be like me, mm. we're going to lose. Yeah, yeah. We're just going to lose. Yeah. And, and, and when you have a conversation like that with that young lady, at least you two could, she, you heard her. Yeah, right? and, the, and she heard you, and right. you can still be friends. Exactly. On the other side of confrontation is connectiveness. Ooh, that's and good. so whenever we confronted, like, why do we, how are we both Christians and we both disagree on this? Well, on the other side of it, now I feel like we have each other's back and we're connected even though we both disagree. And so, but, and then there's other issues, like maybe some things within what we're talking about right now that we do have to come and agree on some things. It's just part of it. Um, but we do need to confront that. And on the other side of it, there's going to be a better level of connectiveness now to where you can say, ah, the light's on, like the light bulb is hit. Like now I see what you're talking about. Yeah. Now I see what this person's talking about. I finally get it. What do you think about this? I think here's what's missing. I think one of the things that really keeps us from that step, because that's a step, right? Yeah. One of the earlier steps is being able to even connect to have a conversation, to have space hmm. to be right or wrong. And we see it now, you know, in politics, you know, if you're a Republican, you can't even agree with a Democrat or you're on the other side. Or if you're mm -hmm. a Democrat, you can't even believe with a Republican or now you're, we see our Senate now back 20 years ago, they would fight on the floor and then go have a beer together later, or even maybe go to church together, be buddy, go golf together. Now, if they're even seen together, they're, they're a traitor, they're on the other side. Hmm. Now we see that it's not only in the politics, we see it in the news media, where you're this kind of news media source, or you're this kind of news media source. And then mm. what do we see it in? We see it in, now we see it in, and, and then it's even magnified more in race, right? Mm. So it, it gets us to the point to where there's no options. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, man, you're just, Dalton's just over there agreeing with all black people. I mm. guess he wishes he is black. Or or Fontes, you ever hanging out with that white pastor? Why's he got a white pastor? What's his problem? You know, he don't understand where we're coming from. Mm. And it's not even that they believe that. Hmm. It's a, a, it's it's an attack from the enemy to deceive us to think that we're choosing a side because we're honoring someone for who they are. I, honor is not to honor you to get you to be me. Hmm. Honoring you, whether I agree or not, or you agree with me or not, is to show compassion, empathy, and I'm going to love you just as you are, not the way I think you should be. I want to say something. I think Preach, part, part of, listen, part, part of revival that'll happen 
here soon is going to come from objectivity and absolute truth, yes. not this postmodern era of subjectivity and biases. And, and that's simply dive be- into that a little bit. That's oh, yeah, oh yeah, because that's simply because there's so many denominations nowadays, mm-hmm. uh, but there wasn't one with the early church. It right. was just the first church. Right. And so now we come to everyone has a theology, everyone has a doctrine, all that kind of stuff. And so, listen, if we believe on the basics of fundamentals, we may not get to, we, we might not agree on everything, but that's totally fine. I, yeah. I guarantee you, we probably disagree on some things, and that's totally Every fine. Every Christian does. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But if we can come together and love each other, and we both have the same, same goal of let's advance the kingdom of God, there's people who need Jesus, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. then revival can happen, things can happen. But if we're so hung up on, well, I don't like them because they think this they way. They dress this way, or they look that way, or they like this kind of music, or can't they get clap nothing. their hands, or right. they don't clap their hands. You yeah. can't get nothing done. Like, like what's going to, you're only going to influence a small part because the reality is we all need each other. We, on, it's man. community. We need each other. And so um, the thing is we're fighting. There's another spiritual battle with, again, this postmodern era of subjectivity. If we can, because I'm sure that you um, have went through life and you probably question God, like, why do I actually believe in what I believe in? Oh, it's, there's things that I mentioned from the pulpit last week that I preached 10 years ago. I wouldn't preach now. Right. That I would. I felt that's it. I, I don't feel it's necessarily like, you know, anti-God or anything. It's just right. where I progressed in God and my maturity in God. I see mm-hmm. things now a little differently, and I'm going to trust the Holy Spirit to grow me. Yes. I think that if we put God in a box, that means I don't trust God. Mm-hmm. And if we stop learning, we're dying, right? Exactly. So we got to do that in every area in life. Including race. Especially, especially. And that's what what is going on right now is if we can take the lens off and say, I want to see just with open eyes the way maybe I should see, um, then we can make progress and we can move this nation to where it needs to go to. So I think that, that the root of it um, is we're fighting what's called the postmodern era. It's yeah. that subjectivity, that bias, which we all have them, and but can we get them? It's a mindset, isn't it? It's yeah. Like concrete. It's like I'm making decisions off what I've already settled from previous decisions mm-hmm. without giving it the opportunity to opportunity. investigate. You know, you got to investigate. Exactly. Opportunity. And so once we deal with that, um, with racial reconciliation, then I believe that we will be able to get the equality, to get the justice. Uh, really, honestly, again, as I said, as I started with this, revival will come uh, just from that alone. I mean, I truly, I've seen videos and stuff just from uh, people holding hands and apologizing to each other, conversations like this. Police officers praying with protesters, that, protesters praying with police officers, seeing baptisms at, at George's uh, mm, uh, uh, memorial. memorial. Yeah, exactly. So, um, again, it, it's just going to start with the help of listening with an open heart, uh, looking with open eyes, and being willing to learn objectively, uh, get rid of your bias because everyone has them. But can you get into a place of of thinking like, okay, here's there the may thing, be something though, new here. How do we know we're biased? Get get around someone who thinks so different. So, what's your favorite ice cream? What, what's cream? your favorite drink? What's your favorite? You know, what's your favorite tea? We have biases. Yeah, to say every, we don't, right, we're, we're ignorant them. to say we don't have biases. Exactly. It's a mindset. Mm-hmm. And if we're not open enough and confident enough to have our mindsets challenged, then we're going to stay set. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I mean, there's probably so many different things that we can target with 
like you just talked about earlier about how you switch your mind on things you preach from the pulpit. And I can say the same thing. My wife, for instance, she grew up independent Baptist, uh, KJV only, different things. And I'm, you know, I'm not saying, so, you know, she, she, you're she, not she, judging that. You're right. just saying her mindset, she, preferred. that was her mindset. Yeah, and, and she, uh, just from thinking and saying, okay, I want to get closer to God. That was her goal was I want to be intimate with the Lord. I want to have a real relationship with God. Not to say that others didn't, but she wanted to get into a place of growth. And so she started asking me some questions and everything, and then now her mind is open to, okay, I definitely know that God is real. Not that she didn't, but because she was able to get out of her, this is the right doctrine, this is the right theology. Uh, there's actually a little more to what you've just been subjected to. That, that puts a lid on it. That, yeah, you it can't go. It puts a grow. lid on God. Man, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm glad Paul didn't have a lid on him, the Apostle Paul. I mean, Man, I'm, and they, they let the Holy Spirit do what the Holy Spirit was made to do. You know, what we were supposed to do. As we're winding down, man, there's so many different ways we could go because I'm so excited about learning. I just really, because, you know, I'd pastored, uh, I was on a pastoral staff for nine years and I took a youth group of 21 students to over 900 and it was 65% black. Hmm. And I'm a white kid from Eastern Kentucky. Listen, Fontes, there was no black person that I knew in our school system from kindergarten through high school with two different high schools in our county. I, I, I always tell people I couldn't be prejudiced because I had nobody to be prejudiced at, you know, which is a dumb statement, I understand. But I'm just saying, you know how you'll say things. But to go from that and to go to a city, uh, you know, a large urban church mm-hmm. in Columbus, Ohio, and to take a youth group, man, I was it was easy for me to relate to mm-hmm. the culture because a lot of those kids were inner city kids and stuff. And I grew up, you know, as you know, my dad died when I was three months old and grew up in abject poverty till I was about 12 or 13. And then I had a lot, we could connect on so many areas mm-hmm. and I didn't have a predetermined bias of, well, black people are this or that, mm-hmm. you know, I had a, a thing of, I wanted to reach them and love them and learn yeah. and that helped me. But even then I can't stop there. Right. right, because the world's changed so much, and so many things have changed, and that's why no matter where, even as a black man, you have to evolve, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I was a salesman. You know, I was telling earlier whenever I lived in St. Louis, I worked for Dish Network, and I was a door-to-door salesman. And then obviously I moved to Evansville, Indiana, and then came back to Ballard County. Whenever I was a salesman, I remember having a gun pulled out on me. Uh, because a guy did not like that I was in his house. Now, and I get it, he's defending, he's protecting himself, but I didn't do anything but give the same pitch I gave to every neighbor. And uh, he cussed at me and said, get out of here, and uh, I don't know why he did that, but I have another um, situation whenever I was a salesman, and I knocked on a lady's door, and the door was open, so the screen door, I could see it through screen door. She looked at me, turned, pressed a button on her wrist, and the cops came. I don't know if that was life alert or what, but two minutes later the cops came and they said, hey, just uh, ignore that. No, you're just doing your job. And so for me, I wonder if that would have happened to a white person. And my friend, who was also a partner um, salesman, said he's never experienced any of that whenever he's a salesman. Now, we know there's racism uh, in all different people. You know, a black person can hate a white person. A Mexican person can hate an African person. A white person can hate an uh, Egyptian, whatever. Um, but what we're, again, 
getting at is the root of the issue of this is definitely, yes, a spiritual battle, but specifically right now what we're dealing with is what steps can we make towards equality and then also revival. So there's like, it's twofold uh, that I'm seeing with like what practically can we do in America, specifically Kentucky too, you know, because we're in Kentucky. And, but and, and before you get into that, I know we're winding down. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think there, you know, people need to understand the difference between racism and prejudice. Right, yeah. yeah when someone's prejudiced, that means they prejudge you. Right. So I prejudge your personality, or I prejudge you because of your ethnicity, or mm-hmm. I prejudge you because you don't have a degree, or you do have a degree, or I prejudge you because you're uppy up and I'm not, or down and down. And so, but when it gets over in that spirit of racism, it's a whole nother round. Right. And that's where I think there's such a gray area that if mm-hmm. people will give people space, mm. you know, to work with and to listen to and to hear with empathy, we can defeat so much true racism. Yeah. So, and, and I it's would say. It's all painful. Right. Exactly. And, you know, I would just say, um, as my wife is doing right now, and I know you're doing and many others are doing right now, is to have conversations like this. Mm -hmm. Do not be afraid to offend someone because Mm -hmm. it needs to be confronted. And you're not going to offend. You're going to help them out for the better. And so... um, And and if you do it in love... In love. It won't be an offense. Truth in love. You know, we need the truth. We need the absolute truth. But... We also need to come about it in such a loving way that we want to see growth. Not, man, I'm telling you, you know, like, yeah. And I think that's the issue, too, is so many people are this way, that way, and they're so passionate about it that they don't know how to come off with, I actually care about you, care for you, and I want you to get this. Um, And even if you don't get it, I'm still going to pray for you and love you. And I'm not going to be mad at you. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we need people to do right now is to do stuff like this and just say, listen, I'm all ears. Um, I'm here to grow with you. I agree. And I, I think as we wind down here, I want to ask you this question. Uh, and it may be the last question. Uh, here, you and Lindsay now are going to bring a beautiful little girl into this world. She'll be a biracial mm-hmm. girl, right? A daughter. Yeah. And she's going to face certain things. Mm-hmm. Uh Where's your mindset with all that now? What What's your outcome that you'd love to see? Where would you love to see the nation be or the nation on its way to for her and her generation? For the generation, um, I think five years, 10, 20 years from now, what I would really love to see that would be different is the destruction of systemic racism because it does exist. Mm-hmm. It really does. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to see individuals get positions um, and jobs that they are qualified for, that they have the experience for, and they wouldn't be looked over upon because of mm-hmm. that they're a minority. Um, that's actually happened to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to see that happen as far as the equality. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to see leaderships reflect their um, followers so if the followers are black and white it doesn't need to be all white leaders Mm -hmm. it needs to be black and white leaders Mm -hmm. and sometimes you can't help it if you're in an area where it's just all white or all black Mm -hmm. you know that's different Mm -hmm. Um, but we need to start having and the reason being with that you know what I think you're that I'm at least from my point of view I don't know exactly where where you're at on it but I, I think I do and that is 
whenever we come from a certain culture, mm-hmm. we can relate to others yeah. in that culture. And that's why it's important to have representation, right? Mm-hmm. So that people can navigate. And and we're so blessed at Bethel, you know, so many years we just ran by seat of our pants because God bless us to be a multicultural church. Right. Now, man, it's been tough the last 10 years being a multicultural church with all the political junk and all the other stuff. And now this hmm. kind of stuff that's been going on. I was about to say. We have, now we have systems to where we're building relationships. And right. But yeah. And, and I would love to see, I love Bethel. I would love to see churches look like this as far as multicultural. Mm-hmm. Um, as I don't know who the first person said it, but you know, Sunday being the most segregated time. Oh, um, it is. It is. And, and it's not only segregated white with black. You have Hispanic churches. Right. You have Asian churches. And and I mean, I get why they why mm-hmm. everybody does it is because of being like one another. It's yeah. just comfortable, right? Mm-hmm. It's just easy. It's comfortable. And it's a habit. Right. Habit. But I would love to see people challenge themselves mm-hmm. to say, man, I want to go for diversity and grow. Because right. it is growing. Edge is getting knocked off. It's not going to be what you're used to. Right, Pastor. I should be able to walk into any church and say, this is the church of Jesus Christ. Yeah. This is the church of God. This is, I feel belong mm-hmm, here. Mm-hmm. You know, I should feel, be able to walk in and say, man, I'm going to grow. And I shouldn't be, I shouldn't walk in and be like, oh, something's not right. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah. So that, that's just the truth of it. Can we look at a church and say, can anyone walk in from any different background economic background, cultural background, ethnic, you know. Let me ask you about that because you've been in a biracial marriage. Yeah. How was it for you deciding a church? Oh my gosh. Yeah, this would be a good point to wrap up on. This is how we found Bethel. So we moved, she moved from Cincinnati uh, to Harrodsburg. Two total different areas. That's a different world. I'm I'm, I'm telling you. And uh, Harrodsburg is kind of diverse but it's not like Cincinnati you know Mm -hmm. so whenever I visit her we went to a diverse church it was a lot smaller than this one but very diverse and so we wanted something like that well we come to Mercer County and all you find is black church white church black church white church so okay we'll look in Boyle County you know Danville's only 15 minutes away black church white church black church white church and while that's important is because again we're about to have a biracial kid yeah we're i'm a black man she's a white woman mm-hmm. yeah it's just it's it's one of those things that's important you want to both be loved and accepted as yeah, you are not exactly. as people think and it's really when i say if i don't love you the way you are if i love you the way if i don't love you the way you are then what I'm saying is you should be more like me. Yes, exactly. You know, instead of I'm going to love you the way you are and you mm-hmm. love me the way I am. Right. Right. That's the way Christ does it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we were looking for churches in Mercer County, Boyle County, and then we came across this Facebook ad from Bethel and we we're like, let's go check this out. And then the first night we came, Pastor Isaac was preaching and then we we're like, this is, this is the church. Like we're going to make this our home church. And again, one of those things was two of those things. I think the main reason why we chose this as a home church, one, definitely Spirit of God. Like, we want somewhere where the Holy Spirit is moving um, and that we can actually grow in our faith and also help. Uh, we want to partner with people in the church uh, to advance the kingdom. And then, two, diversity um, on earth as it is in heaven. Yes, that's it, man. That's yeah. But well, thank you for that. I mean, we could go on. I mean, we'll, we may have to do a couple more of these because uh, we just scratched the surface, really, of where where we could go. Right, right. And I think, 
maybe we need to have more conversations like this on a podcast. Hmm. We're blessed to have these every week. Hmm. I was telling some pastors that I was on a diverse call to help with our community, black pastors, white pastors, and spiritual leaders in the city. Hmm. And, um, you know, I have a unique unique opportunity there because I don't know how many are multi, multicultural, yeah. uh, but they're great churches. But, mm-hmm. uh, but a lot of places don't have the opportunity mm-hmm. and families to have conversations like we do on our edge calls every week, our discipleship leadership calls right. where I was telling them, I said, man, we're on zoom. If there's eight to 10 people on there, you're, you've got multiple races and ages and mm. socioeconomic situations right. represented. So when we dive in, dude, it's like you oh, yeah. dive in and it's like you get four or five different perspectives on everything. So we accelerate quicker through these difficult times mm. like this where years past we didn't because we didn't have a system for it. Mm. And I think that's a real critical thing that I, I believe for churches, I'd love to see more diversity because I want to see every church full. I, I want to, mm-hmm. I believe the end time harvest, there's not going to be enough buildings to hold the believers. Mm-hmm. So I'm for every church, white church, black church, Asian. I just love to see more diversity just because it looks more like heaven. Exactly. Yeah, there it is. Amen. Yep. Well, uh, man, what an honor you're here. <laughs> I love you so much. And Lindsay, I can't wait to hold that baby girl when she when she's born. A little Genesis. But, uh, yeah, a little Genesis. So <laughs> why don't you pray us out? Just whatever's on your heart to pray us out. God, thank you for this amazing time with Pastor Dalton here to where we can talk about racial reconciliation. God, where we can talk about prejudices and really the kingdom. So Father God, we just ask that you would just bring an anointing, God, through uh, this video, God, I pray for anyone that's watching this, yes. God, that they would know you, yes. and God, and they would know that you actually do care. God, you care about what's going on yes. in the world right now with the pandemic. You care about what's going on right now in the world with the racial uh, unrest, God. And you do care, and you have plans and strategies to make things better. And so, God, we put our hope, we put our trust in you, God, and we're expecting. We cannot wait. We're excited for what's about to come, God. We just uh, proclaim revival is going to happen, yes. God, uh, coming up here soon, God. And we just, uh, I just, again, declare uh, freedom over those who are hurt, God, uh, whether by uh, racism, prejudice, biases, um, just by different things, God. Yes. I just declare freedom over their life, God, that they would get to know you. God, and they would find hope, joy, peace yes. in their life. God, we love you. We thank you. And again, we're excited for what's about to come yes. next. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. And as we get ready to sign off, I want to say this. I hope today there was something that brought some form of transformation or challenging your life, mm-hmm. whether it's bringing more clarity, challenging you to grow, uh, or more vitality in life that you enjoy. And uh, maybe there's something you didn't understand that we talked about or you have a question or you'd like to know more about it just put a comment in there and let us know and some of you know we'll get back with you and just connect with you and uh, do our best to share our hearts uh, because that's how it happens person to person we love you see you next time